How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Maroney, alongside Mr. Jay Bird, Jay Woodson. How are you, sir? What's up, man? Um, happy uh, Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. We are recording this on a Tuesday. Also, no episode last week. Again, you can blame me. A lot of these these breaks we've had this month are, are for me. Two weeks with illness, and last week I was um, pretty much had my mic and computer and everything boxed up as we locked up, moved out of our house that Tuesday morning, and then I was without internet for five days. So, anyways, in the new house, you might hear a little bit of an echo as I'm doing this in my new kitchen, and we have no furniture. Because none of that arrived. Don't have a refrigerator. Don't have a washer and dryer. Um, don't have any of my clothes in my closet. It's quite the shit show here. Got all your food on ice right now, like in a cooler. So we we have a garage fridge, which has decided to want it to freeze everything. So <laughs> so it's a freezer. Um, it's essentially a freezer. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, we're not firing firing on all cylinders yet here at the new house. We're still still working some things out. So you're in. It's uh, it's always interesting trying to get dressed in the morning, and not knowing where all my clothes are. But we're yeah. in. We love it. It's awesome. Uh, we we don't have McLean tonight. He is just whining and dining clients, and I think he's in Birmingham, Alabama. Living the life, man. Living the um, life. I mean, you could say a few places in this world, and you could say living the life. I'm not sure Birmingham, Alabama qualifies. I like Birmingham. I've I never like, been. I can't speak for it, but it I went to. I, I was in Birmingham for a tournament. This is probably 15 years ago, and they had this awesome bar with like an ice, an ice room. So all the shots were the whole thing was like a big block of ice, okay, and yeah, they okay. would. It was it was actually I've super seen cool. Those places before. and I was like, this is am I where am I? Like, am I in like L.A. or New York City or something? No, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, and it was awesome. <laughs> am I in Paris or Ibiza? Yeah. Birmingham, no. Alabama. No, Birmingham, Alabama. But I'll you know, take, I'll take your word for it. Because I bet Birmingham, Alabama. It's probably not bad right now. You know, end of November, beginning of December, Birmingham, Alabama, not bad. August, nah, maybe not the oh. best place to be. Um, oh. You know, sorry for our listeners in Birmingham, Alabama. I mean, but you you probably know this already. But August in Alabama is not great. Kind of like <laughs> August in Virginia, where we live. Not yeah, not fun. So, but yeah, no McLean. And again, we do apologize for for no episode last week, but we are back this week. So, uh, Jay, what are you drinking? Um, I, you know, nothing special. I've got I opened a bottle of Buff Trace that I snagged not too long ago, and here we are. I mean, it's pretty easy to drink, and I've gotten a couple bottles of bottles of it of late, and um, yeah. So I didn't want to crash into anything. Crazy, so I love it. Keep I, it simple. Uh, I, I just discovered I have two unopened bottles of Buffalo Trace. When I I did unpack my bourbon, um, not really my clothes yet, but my bourbon has been unpacked. <laughs> I'm sure what that says about <laughs> priorities. And, uh, you got to get I, your I, priorities together. Yeah, I was doing a little inventory, and I was like, oh man, I didn't realize I had two unopened bottles of Buffalo Trace. This <laughs> is fantastic. Uh, but tonight I'm drinking some Eagle Rare. Oh wow! Look at you, just. Yeah. Get the good stuff, the good well, juice. I couldn't, I couldn't get to my lower end, medium end stuff, because <laughs> um, of some boxes. But my high end stuff was kind of set aside, and uh, so I was like, "Yeah, let's just let's just take this for the celebratory new house bourbon." There you go. 
I would honestly, I would, I would drink Eagle Rare every day if I could. If I could get ten bottles of it, I would just for forty bucks, I would buy ten bottles and I would just stack them all in in my cabinet, and I would be fine with sipping on that. You just can't get ten bottles at a time, not in Virginia anyway. No, not that sounds terrible. I would buy twenty. What I say. 10 bottles. <laughs> no big deal. How long would it take you to get through 10 bottles? I'd take me, well, I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure. I, I don't think I would really want to say that right now. I mean, it would take me a long time. Wink, wink. Ten um, I would hope that it would take me at least 10 weeks to get through 10 <laughs> bottles. I would hope, but I'm not making promises. <laughs> I don't uh, think I go through quite a bottle a week, but, uh, you know. Depends on what's going on, you know. What someone? What's the amount? Technically, the amount of drinks in a. It's like seventeen, I think. Um. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Or like seventeen oh. shots or whatever, however you want to. For a uh, for a seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, there's an argument yeah. to be said, and I, I heard a bourbon guy on a podcast say this. He's like, you know, people kind of make fun of him for spending two hundred fifty dollars on a bottle of bourbon. And he's like, well, yeah, but there's people out there that spend $200 on a bottle of wine and there's yeah. four glasses in a bottle of wine. Yeah. And he goes, sure. and there's no shelf life to it. Once you open it, you got to drink it. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, you've got roughly 25 fluid ounces in a 750 milliliter bottle of bourbon. You give yourself an ounce and a half pour. There you go. There you go. You're, you're right, right, right around the right number. Perfect. So um, that's plenty. 17 drinks in a week. Uh, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. lot. (laughs) I'm not saying I've never had a bottle in a week. Certainly not saying that. You wouldn't Uh, in a continuous 10 span, though. No, I couldn't. I don't think I could do that. I think I I would be in bad shape if I did that for 10 straight weeks. (laughs) Let me see how Erin would react to that, too. Yeah, I'm sure she would like that. Um, (laughs) But um, anyway, uh, cool. Let's get into a little little G, a little golf. Um, there was no event this past week with uh, Thanksgiving holiday. We hope our listeners had a good Thanksgiving holiday out there. But we did have an event the week before, not the biggest event, the RSM, won by Adam Svensson, who has been playing well um, the last six, eight months or so. You probably heard his name with our picks. We a handful of us have, have picked him a few times just because he's a good value play. So he gets his first win, which is always fun to see somebody get their their first win on the PGA Tour. But I was more excited about Mr. Callum Taron coming in yeah. T2, tied for second, had the lead most of the day. He he started well ahead. He was, what, like four or five groups. I, I can't remember exactly, but four or five groups ahead of the leaders on, on Sunday and shoots a bogey-free 64. Um so I think got to see him play more golf than I've ever seen. Maybe a little bit when he was he had that lead with the U.S. Open um, yeah. on Friday. But, yeah, I mean, it was awesome to see Callum get it done with a bogey-free 64 coming T-second. And I, I had a feeling it wasn't going to be enough just because the guys yeah. had so many more holes to play. And see, on a course like that, old. that wasn't really yielding a lot of bogeys, you know, 19 under wins. It was it's just um, such good shape too. It's just like perfect, 
perfect conditions. Like, I mean, it, when I say perfect, I mean like the terrain, the grass is just, it's just so well manicured and, and it's not that long. It's like, man, there's just, there's too many good players. They're going to make birdies coming down the stretch, but yeah, it was cold, um, but it wasn't like that windy or yeah, it wasn't that windy rain or anything that was going to trip those guys up. So I had a feeling that when he got, he made that huge birdie on, on 18 to get 17 under, I'm like, that's good, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. And, and it wasn't Svensson. And, and that, but that was still a big, a big birdie, um, second place finish, you know, and I, you know, you know, obviously we, we've had him on the pod. We played together, you know, quite a few times. He went to school with my, my little brother and his, his thing for the longest time was that he could make eight birdies in a round. Uh, but he could also make eight bogeys in a round because he just, he has tons of firepower. So to see him go out and, and play a bogey free round in the final round when he's trying to like step on the gas and win the golf tournament. That's, that's pretty impressive. I think yeah. that's, that's a, that should be a big boost of confidence for him, you know, especially heading into the, to the winter break, you know, so to speak for the next month and a half or month. So, you know, just that should give him tons of confidence going into the, you know, the, the 2020, it's still the 2022, 23 season, but the real, I hate to say that, but the real season, you know, this, when things get started, I mean, it's almost like the, the fall events, it's like a boost, you know, if you can, for, for some of these mid tier players, um, if they can get off to a good start and give themselves um, quite a few FedEx uh, cut points, this is like a way for them to get into some of these higher tier events you know, some of these WGC events, some of these, um, you know, his invitationals. And if they get, once you get into those, I mean, that's huge. I mean, that's a huge bonus because some of these are no cut events. You know, if you, you know, say you get in three of them and, you know, you play decent and a couple and finish, you know, top 20. I mean, that's, that's tons of FedEx cup points that you get um, comparatively speaking to something that, you know, something else that, to, to uh, benefit themselves in the reshuffle and the priority for some of these, oh, sure. these conditional guys that have status on corn ferry or um, the corn ferry grads that are, that are on the low mm-hmm. side, you know, you finish 20th to 25th on the corn ferry to where you get your card, but you're still going to miss out on, on a few events just because of the, and you can speak to this better than, than anyone can on how this all works. The whole, the whole reshuffle and the priority to get into some of these events. But so if these guys can get in, like you said, to three or four events in the in the fall, and make a bunch of money, make a bunch of FedEx Cup points. That's just going to set them up better once. Yeah, the true what we all all the fans it, think as yeah. the true season starts. You know, and I actually had I actually talked to uh, John Scott Rattan, a good friend of of mine and, and of of the pod, and he's you know we had Joe Bramlett on. He's Joe Bramlett's instructor. Uh, or I would I would even call him his golf coach because they work on a little bit of everything. Um, but you know John Scott's out there, you know, with Joe, you know, week in and week out. You know, I don't think he goes every single week. He just had a little baby um, a couple couple months ago. But um, you know, he was kind of expressing the same thing to me. He's like, it, we, we need it, they need to continue to push to get the best players in the field. And we've talked about this. Um, in each each week, each and every week, and get rid of some of these categories, um, like these past champion categories. I hate to say it. I mean, I you know, I I think it's great that some of these guys want to keep playing, but are you playing well enough to 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 contend every week? And if you're not, and if you haven't really qualified for the event in the other in, in the other ways that the other guys have, then you shouldn't get in. 
Um, because I think in the grand scheme of things, that grand scheme of things that hurts the viewership. Like uh, nobody wants to watch, you know, you know, some of these guys that are in their mid to late forties that haven't, they play five events a year. You haven't seen them in 10 years. Um, and they're getting in because it's a kind of a low tiered event and it's past champion status, but you're taking away from a young up and coming, you know, kid that's busting his butt trying to make a name for himself. And I'm, 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 I'm kind of, and I'm on, I'm kind of on that side. I'm, I'm in that tail end. Granted, I don't have past champion status in any, you know, PGA tour, uh, but I know a lot of these guys who are trying to get it. And I don't, I really don't think it's fair. I think we need to give it to the guys who are playing every day, who are competing, who are, are trying to earn, earn their spot. And and not only that, but they're playing more golf and they're playing better golf. Um, and I, I think they, again, to what our point has been for the last couple of months, like we want the best players in the field. And I think, the young up and coming players, that's who we need to give these spots to. Um, and I, it's just, it's, it's a little frustrating to see um, that some of these, you know, take up five to 10 spots. Um, and it's just, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to watch that, you know, and I, I'm, I'm we're missing out on a chance to watch some great young players and give them a chance to win. And I think the only time I see it working is right now in the fall. Like I'm okay with these, like however many, what are there 10 events in the fall? Is that what it ends up being? Uh, Maybe or is it twelve? Eight or nine. Eight or nine. So I'm okay with that because everyone knows it's kind of like not the true season. Like this is like kind of a segue. Okay, let's get some of these young guys a chance to build some build some FedEx Cup points. And if we do give some past champion status to some of these guys, this is the time to do it. But I still think it should go to the young and upcoming guys. And then throughout the year, I think they should get rid of that category altogether. Just don't even have it. Like, don't have five to seven guys that are past champion status that are only playing five events. If you can Monday qualify, great, get in. Um, these guys have pensions that they've earned. They've got, you know, there's so many different categories of how they can make money um, after playing on tour. The, you know, how many starts they've had, how many cuts they've made. Like, they've got so many ways to continue to make money. I don't think they need a giveaway spot. And, um, you know, I don't know that's probably going to upset a few people, but I, I really – I think that that is hurting the PGA tour, like this, these giveaway spots, these categories, and, you know, ends up being like 10 to 12 to 15 spots that they're taking away from a young up and coming star. That's maybe an all American coming out of college that he gets a seven, you know, those guys get their seven, uh, their seven sponsor exemptions, but maybe it's somebody else that is on the fence. That's a, has got conditional status. You're like, let's let this guy give him a chance. Um, so, but I don't know. I think maybe this, Everything changing with the elevated events and the live coming on. Maybe this will kind of change it, and, and they're really fighting to put the best, absolute best field um, together that they can. Um, but you're, you're right. I think I think the January one is when we view that as the the real season, so to speak. Yeah, and that will change for next year. They're going to go to the, yeah. the January one, and I'm not sure what happens to the fall series. You know, next year, I guess it's going to be basically to reshuffle you know it, and that's priority it, because yeah because they're giving away less cards they're only giving away 70 so you're essentially going to have a lot more people with this kind of conditional status more corn fairy guys but yeah you're right i think i mean i get where the tour is coming from from a standpoint of some of these guys these past champions or these guys that use their career money exemptions and those kind of things have have a name that someone recognizes that the casual fan flipping on their TV goes, Oh yeah, Sean O'Hare. Yeah. I've heard of him. I remember him, you know, whatever, 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. Or Hunter Mahan or you name it. And I, and I'm, 
I don't know if, and, and again, I apologize yeah. to Sean O'Hare if he yeah. has, his, has his full card. I don't know Sean O'Hare's career. He's, he went bye-bye for a while. But you know, another guy like a Nick Watney, yeah. I don't know what his status is. He played Jonathan Bird. Again, these Frank, guys are all Frank Licklider. There. He got in. Like, I mean, yeah. like I, these guys obviously that are, you know, either they're in their late 40s or they've, you know, maybe, you know, just turned 50 and are just trying to get another event. Like, hey, do you, you know, do you don't, you don't need to be playing, you know, and I hate to say that it sounds harsh, but I think these, some of these young kids are, this is like, this is my one chance. Like if I can get in, I've been busting my ass, you know, and I, I need that one shot. And half of these guys are like, yeah, they get in like, ah, I'm not playing good. I'll withdraw. You know, that's, I hate that, you know, and I think it should be uh, more of these uh, one. Yeah. The names who are uh, the guys who are playing well, the people that, you know, but also these young, young studs. And I think it's the PGA tours job to do a better, uh, to do a better job of showcasing these young players, you know, tell me who they are, where are they from? What are they, what, what's their story? You know, they should have, I mean, I know they try to do it. I know that that's part of the thing. Like they have the players, new players fill out the questionnaire. Like why do we, why do we need to showcase you? But they need to dig in and, and dig it out of from these guys. Cause some of these guys don't like talking about themselves. Like they don't like telling what they're, what, what's, great about them and where the, what their story is. Like Joe Bramlett, Bramlett's a perfect example. Like nobody even knows that the guy was like laid up for a year and a half and couldn't move. Like PJ tour never, never even brings it up. You know, they don't even talk about when they talk about, um, you know, players from Stanford, they don't even bring his name up. And he was, he was a second team all American twice and won a national championship. And they well, don't well, even do talk a about bad it. Job. I know he's a, he's a, a big name, but they do a bad job of, of, People don't exactly know what Patrick Cantlay goes through. I know I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but he was out of the game for a few years because of a major oh. back injury. And what it takes this guy on a daily basis to get ready for an event is play. or a round of golf is, is impressive. I don't, I don't think they've really discussed that. Or, by the way, he was with his best friend when he got hit by a car and, and got killed. You know, like Patrick yeah. Cantlay has gone through some things and he comes off as this kind of just quiet go about his business guy, but they don't even do a good enough job. And he's a top five player in the world. Exactly. That's what if people, and we know this because we're kind of, we're, we're diehards, right? We were into it, but like the, the casual fan, like if somebody's learned about that story and, and, it, and I hate to say that they, they may have to play it more than one time when he's in contention, but when they play those stories, like that's how you get viewers to connect. They they start to realize that they're real people. They're not just robots, you know? Um, and I, again, I think that's what people want to watch. They want to be able to connect with, with these superstars and like, Oh man, he's just like me. Oh, he's going through the same thing that I'm going through. And that's, I think that's one thing that the PJ tour has a, the great, the, one of the best opportunities is because um, one, you can see all the players. I know they have hats on, but you can see the players, you can see their faces and now you can tell their story. You can get to know them a little more. Whereas NFL, they got helmets on, um, you know uh, you know, some of the other sports, it's, it's not as easy to get as close to these players. And like, you know, the, from the viewership standpoint, like going to an event, you can stand on the tee box and stand right next to tiger. Now, if you get there early enough, depending on when, when you're there, but you can stand right next to these guys. Whereas, you know, you got to pay a thousand dollars, you know, to get, you know, tickets on the 10 yard line of a NFL football game or $10,000 to get courtside tickets for an NBA game. Um, 
So whereas you can just get a general admission ticket for a PGA tour event and stand right next to the guy teeing off on a tee. So um, I think they're, they've got a very unique spot and I still don't think they're really showcasing these guys as well as they could. Um, again, you know, not, but they've been in a position for so long where it didn't matter. You know, they didn't have to do that because the viewership didn't change. And I think now obviously with everything going on uh, there, maybe that's forcing their hand a little bit, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, and I'm always curious, and I don't know how this works, how much the tour is responsible and how much is NBC or CBS responsible. You know, what can what can the PGA Tour dictate? You know, yeah, because I can definitely see an NBC. I don't know who it is. I was like, is it Tommy Roy still? I don't know the you know executive producer being like, no, 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 don't tell me how to run my. You know, yeah. this is my my job. You guys worry about setting up the golf tournament. We'll worry about producing it and putting it out for you. Yeah. Um, I'm always kind of curious on that that partnership or back and forth that they may or may not have with yeah. TV executives. Yeah, no, I'm sure that there's I'm sure there's a you know back and forth going on on, on what they should be doing, how they should be relaying that information. And that's where the negotiation of the TV contracts come in. You know, that's up to the PJ Tour and and the networks to figure that out. But again, I think it's beneficial for both parties. If the more players that you showcase, the more the viewership gets tuned in. If we only know who the top 10 players in the world on world are based on how they play, um, then we're only going to watch when the top 10 players in the world play. And we all know that if those guys aren't playing, the viewership goes down. Well, especially in a, in a sport like golf where, you're not guaranteed to see the top 10 guys. It's really easy for them to just finish. T- not play or not play. But even if they yeah. are playing, they might not play well to be in coverage. Exactly. And you're you're going to have a uh, Taylor Pendrith, you know, co-leading with Tony. Yeah. Now, you know, yeah. whatever it may be, you know, and so just because those guys are playing in a field doesn't mean they're all going to play well and you're going to get them all the top of the leaderboard. A couple of them yeah. could miss the cut, and a couple of them could be T thirty or worse, and you're not showing them. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's the that's been the problem with the with the playoffs, and we've gone over that the FedEx playoffs is that just because you know these guys are making making it to the first round of the playoffs, which is great, doesn't guarantee that these top guys are going to continue to make it there, and I think that's why they've tailored that system the way they have because they want to try to get as many of these top guys in there as they can. And they've, stay, they've, they've, they've shot away from this match play format because like, Oh gosh, what if we get, you know, eight guys in the, in the, in the, you know, semifinal and quarterfinal quarterfinal matches and none of them in the top 50 in the world, like people are going to turn the TV off and that's a double-edged sword. Why would they turn, why would they turn the TV off? Um, and it's because we don't know who those people are. If we do a better job throughout the year, explaining who these players are showcasing some of these players. And again, I think having a little bit more of that backstory ready to go for the network. Hey, here's here's some some PJ Tour, you know, uh, media coverage that we have of this player. Here's a backstory. Here's some interviews that we have with them ready to go. So if they get in contention, let's drop it. Now, I don't maybe they do have that and they just don't don't show it. I mean, I don't, I hardly ever see it. Like, um, especially when some of these young guys are in contention, like, you know, I don't see any of that stuff. Um, but I think that would be, um, that'd be a great tool when to you, just, when they do have a, a tidbit on someone, they seem to just go back and back and back to it. And yeah. it's like, okay, can you come up and give us some new stuff on the person? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So, um, you know, that's, that's on the, that's on the producers. Um, I, I, again, like you said, it could be on the network, could be on the PJ tour, not giving them the information. Um, it could be on the, on the announcers. Like if that, if their information is available, be ready to go to it. I mean, I, I know that the, you know, some of the the commentary, I mean, they're kind of, they have their notes, uh, but also there's some segments that they have ready to go when, when somebody's in contention. I know if they've got, let's say five guys that are ready to showcase and those, none of those guys are in contention, then, you know, Hey, we missed out on the chance and we'll save it. But, you know, I think the more they can do that throughout the year and have these little clips ready. And I think that's what that Netflix show is going to, that's going to be awesome. Cause I think they really dig in and at least yeah, that's what I, that's what I hear. You'll definitely learn about some guys. I mean, some of them you already know pretty well. Yeah. Um, some of them you'll, you'll learn more about. And then some guys you probably don't know very much about. Um, I've heard it's the the rumors out there. It's going to be great. It's supposed to be in January. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll see on that. I know Joel Damon was, did an interview recently and he was, he was talking about, you know, having the, the crew at home with him, talking to him, talking to his wife, taking his wife off to do one-on-ones with his wife. And yeah, um, he's like, I don't think my life's very interesting, but maybe (laughs) other people will. You know, I mean, he kind of he kind of comes across as that. I, I mean, nothing against Joel. I think he's a great dude, but that average Joe that's just kind of well. That's pretty much how he sells himself. Yeah, uh, he's like interviews I listened to. I, I gained a, a ton of respect for him. He's like, and he talks about you know we kind of talk about these guys going back to like the whole reshuffle and these fall events meeting so much. He's talked about like I'm I'm I play golf scared. I'm scared to lose my card. Like I don't know what I could do in life. I want to play golf. And the fear of losing my card is what what drives motivates. Me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, every time I would I've heard say him talk. It's been awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I would say, I mean, I, I'm throwing numbers out there, but I would say eighty percent of the guys on tour that have their card play like that. Yeah, um, and I would think that the other twenty percent, you know, your top, you know, thirty, forty players in the w- world. Um, they still have a little bit of that, but they're they're so driven and they're so good and they're so confident that they you know they know that they're going to play well and and they know that it's just a matter of time before they you know they if they have a bad streak a matter of time before they turn it around. So I, I really would say that there's only maybe you know you've got your top ten players in the world that are really feel like they've they've got their handle on things. But I mean, look at it. I mean, look at the top ten in the world today and five years ago you know, how many of those guys are the same people? Um, you know, it's not as many as you think. It can be I mean, a flash in the pan. Yeah. Pretty quick. So there's really is no, there's no guarantee with it. I mean, which is why we all love it. But at the same time, you know, you, you don't see the same stars, you know, like we see Tom Brady, we've seen him for 20, what, 23 years. Um, that's just incredible. Um, and it's not quite as easy as you think on the PJ tour, the guys that we see, over and over out there, you know, they really have got it figured out, which is really incredible that they've been able to keep their car and still be in the spotlight for that, that long, which is not easy to do. Um, this game's hard, hard as shit. <laughs> you know who it's not, not hard for right now? Rory McIlroy and John Rahm. <sighs> so so as we transition here, that's a very professional transition. Um, I mean, that was great. I mean, do you, if I may say so myself, how many podcasts have you done? 
Uh, this would be 93, I believe. <laughs> uh, actually, I take that back. It's more like 96 or 7 with the ones that I didn't record. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll get to that one before you do. This will be the 93rd episode that we put out on the emergency yeah. call. Um, That's great. But um, so two weeks ago, DP World Tour had their season-ending event in Dubai. John Rahm wins the tournament. But Rory finishes high enough to still win the race of Dubai. He finishes fourth. Rom wins. Uh, it was a good. It was a good leaderboard. I was actually enjoying watching it. Um, early morning golf in the in the golf shop. Uh, Fleetwood was up there. Fitzpatrick was up there. Hatton was up there. It was a good good little leaderboard. Hatton is oh God. I want that guy on Netflix. He needs to have a mic on him permanently. He's but, hilarious. I think it's so. Um, yeah, I think I think of those two guys, obviously Rory's going to have massive expectations on him this year just of kind of how he how he played obviously. I think he was the first one to ever win both in the same year, the Tour Championship and the Race to Dubai. Yeah. Well, maybe it's been a while. I'm sure Tiger did it. Uh, at some I point. don't think I don't think Tiger ever ever did. I don't think they really had the Race to Dubai. I don't think that was really a thing when he that's a pretty new title, isn't it? I mean, I, they called it Order of Merit back in the yeah, day. Yeah, Order of Merit. So maybe but, maybe Tiger's won that, but maybe I guess this new point system or whatever. Uh, yeah. Maybe Tiger hasn't because it's been so new. But so, you know, he has a great year. Top 10 in all the majors. Won a couple times, just didn't win any majors. And he's going to have a ton of expectations in 2023. And then you got John Rahm, who, I mean... <sighs> Most people would say he didn't have a great year. He didn't really, because he contended in the U.S. Open. I have to go back and look at his record. You know, he won the Mexico Open, which was an awful field. You know, he won yeah. the Spanish Open, and then he wins um, this event. So he gets three wins in by pretty much everyone's accord. That would be a good, a good season. Um, but I think he's looking for much bigger and better. And he won't, he might not say it cause he was talking about how great his season was. And he's like, Hey, I had three wins and you know, three different continents. You know, how was that? Well, you know, a down year, but that's what golfers do. You, you know, you got to protect your confidence. Like it's, it's, I mean, I hate to say that, but you, you really are like when people ask, you know, these commentators, not commentators, but the, the media, and since we're we're members of the media now, um, but we ask, you know, some of some of the people will ask, you know, tough questions. I don't want to say the word dumb because it's not necessarily dumb, but provoking questions, trying to get them to say something, slip up, create a story. Um, and you're on guard when you're talking to some of these some of these people because you you know that all the, all they want to do is they want you to slip up one time so they can take that quote maybe take it out of context but get some viewership and you so these guys are trained to constantly protect their confidence all the time so when somebody says you know when a when a uh, you know journalist says hey john you know i know this wasn't the best season Immediately, he's like, "No, it was a great season." What are you talking about? A great season? I won three times in three different continents. Like, is that was that his goal at the beginning of the year to win? I mean, obviously to win, but three wins in three continents is that like on your list of things that you want to accomplish? Like, probably not. But that's his way to you know, um, you know, validate his season, and it's like to keep his confidence up. Like, you're not going to bring me down. Like, and 
I mean, they all, they all do it. All the best do it. They have to do it. It's like, I don't care what you say. I'm, I'm playing well. And that they keep telling themselves over and over. As soon as they succumb to that, it's like, okay, they've got me, you know? And that's when a journalist is like, I got him. And I mean, I'll be honest, like, that's probably why he's probably goes home. is like, yeah, it's, you know, screw this. I want to win seven times. I want to win two majors. Um, but this is his way to like keep his confidence yeah. up and, and basically to, to, to kind of negate any of that negativity that some, some journalists would try to bring to the table. But, you know, I, I yeah, again, I don't think is, he had the best year that he wanted. And he, he's also, a it was, you know, the commentary on his season is a byproduct of his own success the year before. Right. And so yeah. in 2021, he has a top 10 in every major, including a win and two other top fives. And then this past season, T27 at the Masters, T48 at the PGA, T12. So he slipped back. I forget how far he slipped back there. He was up uh, one or two off the lead in the U.S. Open. And then T34 yeah. at, at the Open Championship at St. Andrews. So only one top 15, you know, everything else, not even no other top 25s. So on that front, not a great season. But yes, he does get three wins. None of them. I guess you could call this one a marquee when it was a, even though it was a limited field of, of 50 players, it's um, a pretty decent, um, pretty decent field with some, with some big names and a handful of guys in the top 10 at the DP world tour or DP yeah. tour championship, whatever it's called. I don't know. DP world tour championship. There you go. I, I, st- I mean, I, I know we've talked about this too with the, with the, you know, the uh, live golf and how many players are in that field. It's not the same. It's not winning. Winning a small field event is not the same as winning a full field event. There's all of these all of these guys that play professional golf. Almost all of them have a chance to win. Now, I'd say, you know, 156 man field or 144 man field. Yeah, you know, maybe not everybody. I'd say a good 75 percent. If they get hot, they can win. Um, and if you cut that field into a third, like oh, your odds go way up. So yeah. I mean, it it doesn't hold the the same. Um, you know, same cloud as it would for winning a f- full field event. And, and again, on top of that, you know, two of those wins um, came on the, on that, uh, the DP world tour, which we all know is not the strength of field is not nearly what it is on the PJ tour. So, yeah. And I mean, then, you know, the Spanish open, which he won is not a big event on the DP world tour. Yeah. It's, you know, it's even one of their lesser events. It's a pretty poor feel that they get for that event i think just where yeah. it falls on the calendar um for them so you, you win a lower event on the dp world tour then you win a limited event on the dp world tour okay and then you right. win a lower event on the pga tour it's like okay well you, you probably should have picked off a couple you know yeah i mean for the the, the caliber, caliber of player that he's in expect that he has want, wanting to win majors and be you know the and being the past number one player in the world you know, yes, I don't think, like I said, he's going to tell you that he had a great year to keep his confidence up. But I, I, deep down, when he goes home, he's like, he's not telling himself he had a an amazing year. He's saying, you know, screw this. I'm going to, I want to win majors. I want to be the best player in the world. I don't want to, I don't want to win a limited field, a limited field event on the DP World Tour. I want to win majors and I want to win the top events. And he didn't do it. So that's fine. I mean, he just had an off year, but, um, you know, We'll, but we'll I see. do think, you know, the win at the Spanish Open, which I think was in September or October, and then this, I do think this sets him up for a big year. I mean, he's down to number five in the world, started the year number one. 
Yeah. And but I I do think this might set him up for a big 2023. Maybe a major win. Yeah. But hey, winning winning's hard, especially in majors. Very yeah. very hard. You know, everyone everyone expects these guys to all these top guys they get hot and they get the, you know, top 5 player in the world. Oh man, that's this guy's going to win three or four majors. Well, if, if you say that about every guy that ever gets to the top five in the world, then there's not enough majors to go around. Yeah. They only play four a year. So if Rory's going to, if everyone thinks Rory's going to win eight and JT is going to win four more and Speed's going to win two more, and, you know, like, well, there's not that many majors, guys. It's only four yeah. a year. Yeah. And you can only win. I mean, only four people are going to win. You know, I don't, I mean, and it doesn't all automatically go to the top, you know, four no. players in the world. It rarely ever go, goes to those players. Um, so, you know, you have to be on top of your game. I mean, I do think, you know, I don't know, we'll, we'll get into this, but I, I do think this is, this is the year that uh, Rory, I, I say it every year, but I feel with the momentum coming up, I, I do think it just kind of, it does depend on what he does in the fur in the spring. But man, with everything going on, um, and and some of the, you know, all the negativity still surrounding the PJ Tour and the live and the players coming back to play in the Masters, I feel like he's going to be just super ultra motivated. And I think if there's a year, if there's a year that he can make a statement to win the Masters and to get the career Grand Slam, this is the year. Um, I'm gonna. I mean, I know we're probably gonna have a couple up with our year year predictions, but I think we'll, this is we'll the year. Our, they in a few weeks, we'll do our year long predictions. And God, there's gonna be so much pressure on him, though. And my so con- much. my concern with him is he's had an amazing year, and his strokes gain numbers are unbelievable, and his scoring average is great, and high finishes, and a few wins, and all this live stuff. And he's the face. At what point does it kind of? get to him and just like he comes back down to earth a little bit and like yeah he's got this new business venture with tiger and it's like what, what it's occupying too much, too much of his time yeah I don't know. we'll um yeah we'll, we'll i'm sure we'll dive into it i mean i think it can go one of two ways either like you said he he's got too many things going on it's too much too much pressure or he just elevates you know his game to where everyone wants him to be like, and just dominates. Like I, I'd love to see a 10 win, you know, Rory McElroy season on the PJ tour. Uh, has he ever, I don't think he's ever won double digits on the PJ tour in a season. No, I'm almost sure positive. He hasn't. I mean, I'm we haven't sure seen, have. we haven't seen that since, uh, you know, VJ saying Tiger Woods. Um, I, I don't think Phil ever won double digits, but I mean, like let's Tiger's done it a couple times. Uh, one, you know, double digits on the PJ tour, but I mean, like he's, he's that talented to where he can do it. I mean, look how bad of a putter VJ Singh was. And he won 10 times over 10 times in one, one year, like Rory's a better putter than VJ and hits it every bit as, as far as VJ did. VJ hit it far, but probably, I mean, definitely further compared to everybody else in the field. Yeah. Like he can, I mean, he's talented enough to do that. Um, I think it's it's kind of he's at that that moment where it's like, all right, I'm, am I going to just take this thing to the next level and just crush everybody, or am I going to fall back and be, you know, that fringe guy? That's a I say fringe guy, meaning like, oh, I'm dropped back to like fifth, sixth in the world, and I'm like, I'm struggling, I'm on a, I'm in a slump. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how he responds. Um, It'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll dive deeper probably beginning of the year once the calendar flips and we do our. We should get him on the pod. Do some pictures. Yeah, I'll just reach out to him. He's not got nothing else going on. (laughs) So another another big name. Talked about Rory. Talked about Rom. Tiger. It's been in the news a lot recently. Um, we'll kind of, we'll kind of, he had an interesting press conference today and the heroes going on this week, which we'll get into. Let's, let's hold that for right now. But, uh, Tiger wins the pip, uh, for $15 million. I'm not sure why the PGA tour announced this so early last year. They didn't announce it until sometime in like the end of January as they recalculated the numbers, but. I think mainly they had to do this this early just so guys know if you're in this pip, you're like basically in these elevated events. Yeah. And so I guess that's probably why. So these guys know what their schedule is probably going to be moving forward. And so, but Tiger wins the the pip again, $15 million. Rory comes in second at 12. Jordan Spieth third at nine. Justin Thomas, 7.5. Fourth, John Rahm closes out your top five uh six million dollars there was an interesting thing there was a top 20 but then there was also three other guys that got money hideki matsuyama cam young and sam burns also got two million dollars i don't know why i'm confused i guess they would have gotten would have been top 20 in a under slightly amended category or criteria that takes effects next year so they wanted to give them a little money since they please please stay don't leave <laughs> pretty much that's what that was is like oh hideki you didn't finish up 20 here's two million yeah. oh, cam young you've had rumors of going to live you didn't finish up 20 here's two million sam burns yeah. you're young you're buddies with these guys here's two million so i don't know what to make of it um really other than just saying tiger wants a pip and 15 million dollars and he should win every single one of these if he's still um somewhat in the game yeah just because of what he's done. That's he's the only reason they have $15 million to give him. So have they given like a real like breakdown of like, so they, I mean, they, I, put, they put out like the actual like data. I, I just don't know how they compile the data. So they get, yeah, I mean, the they rankings of where they are in all the different categories. I don't know what the numbers mean. Yeah. Like that's what or, I don't understand. It'd be kind of neat for them to like explain that. So, because it's like, as a player, like, what what do I need to do to to earn this you know to earn you know this money, you know like, you know otherwise it's all subjective. It's like okay, pretty much like somebody sitting in a room deciding what's more important, what category is more important well, so than I don't the other. Think it's like, subjective. I think it's just more of a popularity contest. Sure, you're exactly. But it's like okay, can you you know give me a, like a? It'd be nice to see like a ranking system throughout the year. Like hey, right now. Based on X, Y, and Z or ABC, one, two, three, so and so is leading the pip. Like, that's a lot of money. You know, it's like, okay, where do I stand in this ranking? Like, it's like you just get to the end of the year and like, oh, hey, you finished fifth. Okay. I don't know what I did really, but um, great. You know, but it would be nice to kind of be able to see that for for that amount of money. You know, again, Tiger, it doesn't, I hate to say he doesn't care about money. 15 million, I'm sure he, appreciates 15 million dollars yeah, um, i think he can find something to do with it um but for some of these other guys if they finish in the top you know three or four of you know and almost 10 million dollars in pit money that's huge 
you know, if you can tell me what I need to do to get there, then I'm going to get on Twitter. I'm getting on Instagram. I'm getting on every social media platform I can to try to create a little buzz aside from playing good. (laughs) So they used five measurements. Internet searches, the number of unique news articles that include a player's name, duration that a player's sponsor's logos appeared on screen during Saturday and Sunday PGA Tour telecasts. I'm not sure how they're someone with a stopwatch. Um, A player's general awareness score among broad U.S. population. So again, you know, for... What is that? Like, what is that? They know who you are. Right. If some random Joe in the mall, they stop and say, hey, here's a picture of Justin Thomas. Can you tell us who he is? Yeah. I mean, but that again, like how, you know, how am I going to see that? How am I going to change that as a player? You know, it's like, I, I, who's doing that? Who's who's taking the taking doing that survey? You know, I, you know, I I get yeah. where that they, what they're trying to do. But at the same time, it's it's they have some firm running this. I don't know who they. I, I've I've seen it before. I read it before. I don't have it in this article in front of me, but there is some firm who runs this whole thing. And and I I certainly think you know Rory uh, obviously played great, which is first and foremost. But he is he has kind of put himself in the front of this whole you know discussion with you know these other tours or so, I shouldn't say these other the other tour. Um, and I think he, I think he's taken a stance and just knows he's like, Hey, one, he probably believes in it, but two, he's like, Hey, it's okay for me to, you know, give a, some more, of, a little bit more of an opinion here. Cause all that's going to do is just give me another opportunity to make more money at the end of the year, because I'm probably going to finish close to the top of this pip. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think playing well helps these guys, right? I mean, sure. The more they're on TV, the more they're talked about in news articles, the, the more clips are getting shown of them on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and pictures of them are being put out if they holding a trophy, like obviously playing well is going to drastically help, but you know, Patrick Cantlay, he finished like 19th. He's just, I mean, he's a personality. He doesn't. Uh, And, 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 you know, I mean, we say that, but like he doesn't have a personality for self-promotion. Whereas you look at somebody like Max Homa, um, and he, he's okay with that. Like he's okay with pushing the envelope a little bit and then doing a little bit of that self-promotion. And where did he end up finishing on that list? I think he was 14th. 14th. Yeah. So a little bit, a little bit higher up. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, like Cam Young, you said didn't finish in the top 20, but was, was close enough to where they still gave him some cash. Yeah. Well, I guess they're changing the, the criteria up a little bit for this year. And if they would have done it, I don't know. They would have done it last year. Then Hideki, Cam Young, and Sam Burns would have been in the, somewhere in the top twenty. So they just yeah. threw, him a, threw him a bone. And and there's a guy that you I I don't think I've heard more than like three sentences from Cam Young. You know, since he's been on tour, um, I kind of want to know a little bit more about the guy. You know, I kind of wish he would speak up. You know, yeah, but it's the only, the only thing they talk about with Cam Young is he was uh, college teammates with Zalatoris, and his dad's the head pro at. Sleepy Hollow. That's all you ever hear. It's just that's all you ever hear. Things over and over and over again. Yeah, about the guy. But he's yeah, he's kind of like whatever, kind of low key. Doesn't really say much. And even when he when he talks, he doesn't say much. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting a a a funny or yeah witty or really in depth thoughtful answer to stuff. He's just kind of a simple guy, which is which is fine. But 
Yeah. That's not going to ever win him the pip. Yeah. Unless he wins four majors in a year. Four majors, yeah. And becomes like, yeah, you know, on the cover of Golf Digest every other week, yeah, analyzing the swing. And Wheaties, Wheaties box and people around <laughs> the world know who he is. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that, um, I, and I hate to say this, but I, I'm surprised uh, Tony Finau didn't finish higher. You know, I mean, especially in you know America, like I think he's a pretty popular popular guy. He's he's pretty open with the uh, with what he does social media wise. I mean, I think he's a little bit more available. And then you see somebody like Matthew Fitzpatrick higher than him. Um, now, I, I guess maybe the, I mean, obviously, this is in the grand scheme of things, this is more of a worldly view. Um, so that's probably has something to do with it. Matthew Fitzpatrick being, you know, European guy. So, um, but I, you know, I, I look at Tony as being like um, up there with like Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas for, for like American players. Well, and, um, he, and you make a good point. Cause he also won a few times this year. He, right. And he so, also, exactly. You know, and it's like, definitely his, his clips were being shown on social media. There was definitely a ton of news articles, right. And this is what number of unique news articles that include your name. Well, I'm sure there was a ton of articles about Tony Fina this year. Cause he won so much. Yeah. And yeah. he's pretty, yeah, he's had a major, but. I don't, I don't know anything about Fitzpatrick. I don't, I mean, I do know like with Tony, obviously, you know, we, we follow him just because he's, you know, he's the, He's the, uh, I guess, the unicorn that we're trying to get, on, <laughs> trying to get on a podcast. We talk about him so much, but like you see his social media posts, like him trying to shoot fifty nine yeah, at a golf course. And- he's very charismatic. He's dancing. You see him doing, you know, he's, you know, rapping in the car with his family. He's got family of seven, six kids or whatever it is. Like he's got, you know, you can dive into a story and you can see who he is. I think I would say if you were to go out right now and ask people, do you know who Matthew Fitzpatrick is? Do you know who Tony Finau is? I feel like more people would say they know Tony Finau. And that's why I'm I, I would a little surprised so. that he's not further up on that list. If that's, you know, the, and that's again, that's what I'm talking about the criteria. Like, I don't, you know, is it, is it, you know, a popularity contest? I mean, I don't know. Is, is Matthew Fitzpatrick more popular than Tony Finau in the, in the world of golf? I mean, apparently he is. I wouldn't think so, but, um, you know, here yeah, we are. And you don't know how much the, you know, I mean, Fitzpatrick's a star over in Great Britain, right? So, yeah, so. yeah. No, I, you know, and that's that's kind of where, you know, I guess that's what I was alluding to. It's like, I guess, from an American standpoint, we see this um, and we see these American players. That's who we that's who we follow. Um, nothing against Matthew Fitzpatrick. I think he's a great player. I just don't know the first thing about him. Yeah. Um, now, granted, they made the same amount of money. <laughs> it was five million, um, but they they it's still had a ranking system. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, um, again, I'm not not a ton to glean from the pip, but it's just yeah. you know something to talk about. So, another another little tidbit from Rory about Tiger. Do you see that he gave he almost gave uh, Tiger COVID in July at the British Open? I thought they said that he did give him. So, so well, Tiger in his press conference today came out and said he never actually tested positive for it. No, he just means he didn't test for it. <laughs> yeah, but he says I always tested negative. Like he, he made it sound like he took multiple tests for it. He says, "Yeah, I didn't feel good, but you know, I'd always came up negative." But yeah, so at that JP McManus Pro Am in Ireland with a bunch of guys, where they were there, I guess everyone had COVID at this thing. We're passing around, and, and then a couple of days later, Rory 
and Tiger and their managers hop on a helicopter. JP McManus lend them the helicopter to go play Bally Bunyan. And then that, that night at dinner, Rory, or, or at, even like late afternoon, Rory was like, man, I'm not feeling good. I went to bed and then went in the afternoon, woke up two hours later with a high fever, texted Tiger. And he's like, I'm fine. And then that night, Tiger gets sick and he's like, oh shit, I just gave, I just gave Tiger <laughs> COVID right before the British Open. And he played like shit at the he British Open this year. Like shit. Uh, Rory did not till the final day. <laughs> and yeah, I just thought that was a, a funny little um, tidbit. Just listening to Rory talk about giving Tiger COVID flying on a helicopter together. That's 1% problems. Mm-hmm. That is um, exactly less than 1% problems. So I want to get into I want to get into the hero a little bit more here in a second with our picks, but Tiger did have a few interesting comments today. So he did WD from the hero um, this weekend that he is hosting down at the Bahamas. He has plantar fasciitis in his right foot and is having a hard time walking. I'm almost like not expecting these kind of things now, but Tiger's WD and he's had so many health issues over the years. It was a bummer. I wanted to watch him play golf this weekend. Yeah, just feels right when he's on the screen, but then it was almost like, oh, all right, well, I gotta get something else. Like it's just like it's almost like when every time there's a shooting in America, right? We're kind of numb yeah. to it, and it's just like, okay, and, you know, yeah, and it so sucks. it sucks. Uh, yeah, it, it stinks. But he did do a press conference today and had a few interesting comments, and we don't need to hit on all of them. But you know, he he was talking about his health, and he's like, I can hit whatever shot you want me to hit. I just can't walk. Said he won't take carts. You know, he says he plays great when he's in carts, but he will not take a cart on the PGA Tour. He kind of reiterated that point. He has had a few more surgeries. He wouldn't say what, where, when, why, how on those, but he did admit to having a few more surgeries. Um, he does, he, basically, he wants to play the four majors, and then he said one or two more if he's healthy enough. So it sounds like at the most, you're going to see Tiger six times. Yeah. In in 2023, not counting this little you know hit and giggle season here, but in I've got a yeah, I've got a couple comments on this. Uh, I did hear I think it was Michael Collins and and Sobel do have their their show on uh, PJ Tour Network, and they were trying to do the over uh, over under on how many surgeries Tiger has had in his life. Oh wow! If you had to, if you had to give an over under right now on how many surgeries, uh, um. I mean, I honestly, I, at first, I, I was like, okay, maybe 12, 12 to 13, 14. I, I think it's, I think it's closer to almost 20. I was going to, I was going to set the over under at 18 and a half. I mean, I think for, I mean, he's had at least what, five or six or seven it's back actually, surgeries. You know I'm going to change it. It's like 24 and a half. I bet you I, 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 who knows in, of the ones that we know, I think we know 12 to 13 or 14. That are like that are documented, but I think there's another six, seven, eight, nine, ten that he just didn't tell anybody about for whatever reason, you know. And I think, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna bash Tiger here because he's the greatest, one of the greatest of all time. But you can't, you can't burn the candle from both ends like he did for 20 years. We all know that he has struggled with sleeping, and that's a lot of it self-induced. I would say probably most of it. Um, and on some other things, maybe some other issues that have, have caused that, but you can't go to bed 
And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be a, a doctor here, but we all know, like when you go to sleep, this is when your body recovers. And if you go to bed at 3 a.m. and wake up at 5 a.m. to work out, like your body didn't recover. Um, and it was like we we gradually start to see like at this point after 15 or 20 plus years of him doing this and and performing it. I mean, that's why you're like, how how is this person able to do all of these amazing things, not just on the golf course, but as a as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, like, how are you able to do all of this? All of these commercials, all of these interviews, all left and right. Like, how do you do all that and, and still be able to perform at that high level? And I think we're seeing the tail end of it. You know, it's like, you can't, I mean, you, you can for a short period of time uh, until your body just completely breaks down. And I think we're at that stage where we're seeing everything breaking down now now obviously the car accident with the leg that's that was not part of that well maybe it was a little bit because it sounds like he didn't go to sleep that night and fell asleep <laughs> behind the wheel but and i'm not criticizing him i'm just i'm just, I'm just kind of stating a fact like i think that, that that's kind of where we are like and it sucks but at the same time tiger's like if i didn't do that if i wasn't that person for that long you you wouldn't see the, the tiger that you results. saw for those 20 years, you, it would, that would have been a different person. And I may not be the person that I am now. I may not, you know, I may not be that superstar um, because that's the way that he lived and that's the way he did it. But I, I do, I'm convinced. And I was convinced of that 15 years ago when he started to have these injuries, I was like, the guy doesn't go to sleep and it, he can't, he doesn't allow his body to recover. I think he does everything the best that he can nutrition wise. I think he tries to do everything right. And I think that's great, but if you don't go to sleep and you don't let your body recover, everything starts to break down. And then I'm not even going to touch on the the steroid thing. People said, oh, because he took steroids, his, you know, as all of his joints and ligaments are breaking down. And I don't know. I mean, that's all speculation. I don't know if he ever took steroids or not. Um, but if he did, that certainly is not going to help that <laughs> that either. Um, which, But again, it, it, all of that aside, it's still we're at this point now at 47 year old, almost 47 year old, and one of the greatest talents to ever play golf. And we we can't get him on the golf course because he can't walk because of you know all of these all of these ailments, and it's a bummer because um, we all want to watch him. But I, I'm I'm convinced, and it has to do with it has to, it has to do with the fact that he didn't allow his body just to kind of rejuvenate and recover. Well. I go to bed like 9, 9.30 every night, Jay, and I wake up and my right, left shoulder kills me. My back oh, yeah. hurts. Like I get tons of sleep, so I'm going to rebut your sleep thing here. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> shit in the mornings now when I wake up. But you definitely don't eat like he does, and you definitely don't work out like he does, and you no. don't have the trainers that work on you. So, <laughs> All right, this isn't a personal attack, Jay. I was just <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're comparing your sleep regimen to to Tiger. Yeah. That's great. It's left shoulder um, killing me. Um, yeah, yeah, but, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah, no, it I does. Think, it, I think you have a, a a very valid point there, and, and it's just like, oh god, and he still says he's going to play the match on December 10th. He still says he's going to play the PNC, and both those events he gets to ride in a cart, which is uh, I'm fine with that. Fortunate. And, you know, the, the match, they had those souped up golf carts with the cameras and microphones and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm pretty sure he rode the cart last year at the PNC, and I'm sure he'll do it again um, in that hit and, hit and giggle. But still, plantar fasciitis can be painful, and it can it can linger for quite a while. Yeah, no, it's not a – it's not a uh, – it's not, it's not one of those things that you can just kind of go to – 
in physical therapy. I'm like, Hey, you know, you got three weeks of physical therapy, get you right. You know, and then we'll keep moving on. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's nothing, just do nothing. Like don't put any pressure on it. Don't use it. That's the only way that it really heals. Good luck telling Tiger and good luck telling Tiger to just not do anything. You know, that's not his nature. Um, so I, I, you know, who knows? It, this could be again, one of the, uh, the, the next ailment that he fights, you know, the next, I hate to say the excuse, but because if, if he's, if he's in pain, he's in pain. But I mean, in the last, it, it's almost seems like as soon as everything happened in 2009, it's like, like he took so much pride in not withdrawing and like, let me push through this, like the 2008 U S open, you know, with fractured knee, you know, and torn ACL and winning, (laughs) winning, winning a major, it was like, do whatever I have to do at all costs. And then once there was a chink in the armor um, and, you know, this, this pretty little ball of, of golf wisdom that we, we were witness to for, you know, 15 years almost, now there was a crack in that. I was like, okay, whatever. So I'm not, I'm just going to withdraw. And it was like, and for all the times that it was probably valid, there was probably another two or three that it wasn't valid. And it was like, and it almost like got annoying. Like, I'm like, all right, man, like, is is it because you're not playing well that you want to, that you want to withdraw? Or is it because you really are hurt and nobody really knew. So it was hard yeah, to kind a little, of take a little grandstanding there at times with yeah. him and his injuries. Yeah. And so I, I can see that couple other things that he said. One, he said the OWGR is flawed, which I think we all agree it's flawed. I, I do think it's better. And this this stems from the John Rahm uh, comment that Rahm made uh, in Dubai because the RSM Classic on the PGA Tour was getting more points than the DP World Tour was getting. And basically that's – and we've talked about it a bunch now. It's because they really limits – or yeah, it limits the limited field events they only had 50 players and because they're now rating every player in every field not just the top 200 players that are in the field it hurt dp world tour even though they had a bunch of the top players in the world and you know rsm classic didn't but they had a full 156 player field event um, the way the formula works when you're you're using a divisor by 156 versus 50, mm-hmm. it it gave them more points. And so he said it was laughable. I'm not sure it's laughable, but and then Tiger did say it was flawed and needs to be changed a little bit. And I I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. I don't I think know what, what's the fairest thing in the world is. Um, I think it's better. I think it's if I played in a field of 300 and I won. I, I don't care who's playing in it. 300 players is better than winning a field of 50 uh, or finishing 10th in a field of 50 is better than finishing uh, or uh, finishing 10th in a field of, of 300 is better than finishing 10th in a field of 50. I don't care who's playing. I don't care if I was playing in a 50 man field with the top 50 players in the world. And I finished 20th in that event. Uh, that's not as good as me finishing 20th in a, a 300 man field in a in a professional event. So yeah. I disagree with 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 those guys saying that it's it's la- laughable is not the right word. Definitely Does not. it always need tweaking? Yes, but I do think it's way better than what it was. Um, and then we that's kind of what we talked about earlier. Like winning a winning a full field event is hard. It's hard on the DP World Tour if it's a full field event. It's hard on the PGA Tour. It's hard on the Corn Ferry Tour. You know, for these guys to come out and win, you know, a full field event on the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, you look at some of the guys who have gotten the battlefield promotion, like Pat Kazire, you know, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. Uh, he came in right away and and played well and won. 
Um, Aaron, Aaron Ray, I think, did he get the, he, did he, did he get the battlefield exemption? Or he was close. He had two, I maybe mean, had two wins. There's a couple of guys actually that had two wins. I don't think anyone ever but, did it, but. But there's a there's a lot of guys who have, you see the the guys who have had those had gotten that battlefield exemption on the Corn Ferry Tour have gone on to the PGA Tour and played really well. Uh, Jimmy Walker, I mean, obviously he had a great career. He got the battlefield promotion. Um, so winning, winning in full field events, you are playing good golf. I don't care, uh, you know where it is. If it's a full field event, it's good golf. So um, I, I don't. I hate to say I disagree with Tiger saying that needs tweaking. Sure. I guess he's right. Um, I think the tweaking is way better than what it was before. Um, And, and was was it Rom that said it was laughable? Yeah. Rom came out and said prior to, I think it was his press conference prior to the DP world tour event that it was laughable. And that's, that's very overstated. It's not, it's not laughable. It's way better than it was. Um, could it use some minor tweaking? Maybe. And I would have to really dive into the numbers to really agree with Tiger's comment that it needs some change or some tweaking. But to say it's laughable, I, I, I don't agree with. To, for the old system where they were not rating every player in the field, just the top 200. Oh, and by the way, then there was a minimum that they were giving out. And I wish That's laughable. That, that's laughable because only half of the European tour events would have met that minimum had they just used this system, right? So they were getting half the events were inflated points because they weren't meeting this minimum. And the entire Asian tour would never meet this minimum, yet they were still getting the minimum number of points. How many times, and I hate to say this, how many times did you would you watch a WGC event and see, you know, 10, 10 12 players from the Asian tour, you never heard of them, and I'm not saying they're not good players, but they would get into a, a 70, 70 man field event. And you're like, well, who is this? I've never even heard of them. Yeah. It's, it's because they've got some world ranking points playing on the Asian tour. Overinflated it, points. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's, and then you've got somebody who's won, you know, on the PGA tour, but maybe isn't just outside the top 70 in the world and they're not playing. Not getting in. <laughs> not getting in. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think the, I think the fact that John Rome said it was laughable—that's laughable, you know, in my opinion. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, when I heard that those comments, I was like, eh, I think you're missing the boat here, little John. Mm-hmm. So, and then the last thing Tiger said that I couldn't believe he said—he also called for Norman to be gone. Yeah, I saw that. He said, "What? What's it? What's it going to take to 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 mend this and and to to make this all right?" He said, "The first thing is Greg Norman needs to be gone." Yeah, I, I mean, people, I couldn't believe he said it. Like he almost never takes this hard of a stance on anything, and never to mind call for someone's job. Like, yeah, I, and I, you know, you know what's you know what's going to happen though <laughs> is they're probably going to get rid of Greg Norman. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. Like, if 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 Tiger gave any in- inclination that he was going to side with with the live tour in any way, shape or form, not saying that he would go over there, but if he were going to say, Hey, well, let's figure this out, but get rid of Greg Norman. (laughs) What do you think they're going to do? I mean, if there's a chance, just a glimmer of hope that tiger is going to try to work with you, then let's do it. We're going to get rid of Greg Norman. I mean, it's, I mean, I would, it wouldn't surprise me if he got removed from that position, maybe not, 
maybe not, you know, kicked kicked out of the or kicked oh, off yeah, of the or removed it, from that it'll position. Be some PR spin that yeah. Oh, Greg Greg took us. This was the play in all along, and Greg took us where we needed to be, and now he's going to have a different role, and and so and so is now going to be the face of the tour, and like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's exactly that coming. That's I can already coming. we could already see that coming. Um, so I, if he doesn't, if he is out, I'll, I will miss all the social media posts that he puts there. I always get a really good chuckle from the Norman social media posts, just the stupid bullshit he spews on Twitter, and then the Instagram ones get me all the all the videos. Like, does Jay Monahan ever have like a camera crew following him around at events, like high fiving people and giving them beers? But my favorite one, I forget to mention this a few weeks ago. I forget which which live event was. I don't know. I don't think it was the last one in Miami. It might have been the one before that when Brendan Grace got hurt and he had a WD. Norman posted three pictures in one post saying like, hey, sorry, Brendan, hope your back gets better. But the three pictures are all like Norman, hands on his hips, standing over Brendan Grace, who's on the ground on a tee box, like with an ice pack and getting worked out by a physio. And there's three pictures of Norman standing there like, Awesome, Greg. Like, look, you're 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 doing a hell of a job as commissioner. Like, fucking whore for a camera. <laughs> this is kind of a weird picture. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna send it to you. It's like, what, really, Greg? Like, I don't, I don't know. I was just like, come on, dude. Can you? Are you still able to follow? You thought didn't he block you? No, just Phil Mickelson and Patrick Reed. <laughs> I, that's that would be a good one. See if I can get Norman to block me. I'll work on that. <laughs> But then, then you know, it's funny. As soon as as soon as one of these players blocks you, they really take a downward spiral. I'm just I'm just letting you know, like you, this may be the you may be the the, the starter of something really, really either really good for some people or really bad for the people who block you. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I went see what happens once, and he didn't block me, so I'll have to go, have to go at him again. But yeah, you know, when speaking of Bryson, you know, elaborate on the comments that he he's finally come, you know, come forward and and saying that, like, putting all putting all of that weight on was maybe not the best move. It's like, well, wait, way to go, Bryson. We all could have told you that when it fucking happened, when you gained 40 pounds in what was it like a three month window during COVID? Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm pulling up the. He regrets his extreme bulking. Um, he put on 50 pounds in the span of a few months. Uh, da, 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 da. This is this is great radio. This is great podcasting. As I'm pulling up these, <laughs> no, but I mean, should have had these. Yeah, no, I, here. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, while you're finding it, I, I agree. Like, I, I, yeah, we all knew that. We were like watching that. Yeah, but you're in the moment. Like, you think. He he's definitely a player, and I, I will say this: like I think he's uh, he's a very unique bird, but he definitely will push the envelope f- sometimes for for the the good of his game, and sometimes for uh, to his detriment. But I do respect I do respect his his um, the innovation. You know, he's always trying to be better. Like he's a weird guy. I'm not gonna lie. But he's always pushing the envelope. You know, like I said, sometimes for the better, sometimes not. But um, and I think he, at least he at least he came out and said, like, hey, you know what? I gave it a shot. That was I maybe made a mistake, but um, you know, it, it's it's easy to criticize. You know, and I'm, I'll be the first to admit, like we he he kind of he's can be very annoying and and very superficial and fake. Um, 
but at the same time, he does push, he does push things like, I, you know, I, I do respect him in that sense. Like he's not afraid to try something off the wall, brand new. Like he's not afraid to be made, made fun of. Um, and he, I do respect that a little bit. Yeah, but he, he it's always the way he goes about it, too. Mm-hmm. He always wants to tell us about it, like he's reinventing the wheel and he's the smartest mm-hmm. person ever. And Yeah, that gets annoying. Well, that does get annoying. Maybe you weren't. Um, here, here's here's his diet that, quote, made him feel weird. Um, yeah, this would make <laughs> a lot of people feel weird. For breakfast, he had four eggs, five strips of bacon, toast, two to three organ protein shakes. When he played golf, he had Go Marco bars, PB and J and three more protein shakes. Post golf, he'd have a snack, another protein shake, and then with dinner, he'd have steak, potatoes, and two more protein shakes. That's holy shit. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, nine protein shakes a day. You know how hard That's it is to eat that much. I mean, it is. You've got to be. You've got to be burning so many calories to to eat that much. And, and it, you, I mean, people don't are me like, I just shouldn't say that, but like for the most, for the general population doesn't understand, like you want to, you want to put 10 pounds on in muscle and you're doing a third of what he's doing. Like that is, it's hard. Like get up, have a protein shake in the morning at 6am um, and get and go, you know, or go work out and then have a protein shake after. And then at, you know, say you worked out and you had the protein shake at 730, go at 10 o'clock, you need to have you know, a thousand calories, you know, another little snack. And then at 1230, eat another lunch, like a, a pretty full lunch. And then 230, another snack, work out again, have another protein shake, a dinner, another protein shake at night. Like that's, that's hard to do. Like it, you're full, like you are, you are constantly full all day. And it's not, it's not a fun thing to do, like to push yourself to that, to that limit. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, love food and I love eating, but that sounds, like sounds a, awful. Like a lot. Yeah. I would also feel weird if I put all that in my body in one day. <laughs> Fucking Bryson. I bet you would feel weird. You'd yeah. feel fat as shit is what you'd feel. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God, can't imagine what my bathroom regimen would be. <laughs> yeah, you've got to work you gotta work those bathroom stops in um <laughs> with all those protein shakes. <laughs> Gotta keep a pack of baby whites with you at all times. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's let's get to uh wanna do our picks. Yeah, man. I'm I'm really glad McLean's not here because he's fucking killing us in this season long thing. He wins every time. It's annoying. It's getting annoying. It's the last two events that we've done. Um we've come in the same order mclean myself you you i i have now crept up the leaderboard and now tied for second with you we're at 19 points jesus what is he at 34 i think the fall points should count less because these are not real events like i think we just cut cut them all in half we can cut them all in half that's easy done two to two to one vote we win yeah well if you're not on the pod this week then you you lose your points sorry <laughs> Sorry. Um, all right, you want to go first? This is um, this is a tough event. This these are tough. I mean, I've I've gone back and forth here. I don't want to go first. Actually, I I don't want to go first. I want you to go. 
with only 20 guys in the field, you get some great rates on some people, uh, but there's only 20 guys in the field. So, um, by the way, the, the worst trade in PGA Tour history, Tiger Woods out of the field, Seb Straka in the field. Yeah, uh, not quite the same. Not quite the same amount of eyeballs <laughs> going to be on the TV screen with Seb Straka. Sorry, just but wanted to not, say that. Not quite the same. Um, I do think I, I'd like my team. I like my team a lot. All right. So let's start at the bottom, as I usually do. $6,500. Tom Kim. I mean, I'm just going to say this. I have a feeling that we're, we have the exact same team. <laughs> I don't, And I don't even – I really have no – I haven't seen your team. I don't think um, you do. But I feel like we have the same team. But let's go for it. Just just so, shoot. But, yes, there's one. We've got one w- one person that's the same. Tom Kim. I love, love Tom the Kim. kid. He'll be geeked up to play in this thing, you know, um, on the big stage with all the big boys. The one thing that, that made it tough picking this event is you don't know how the guys are going to play. And, like, cause it, it's, it's a hit and giggle, right? Have yeah. them preparing. Is it just a vacation form? Hey, let's take the family down to the Bahamas for a guaranteed paycheck. It's only 20 guys. It's not high stress. It's do they really care that much? Yeah. You know, so th- that that part, I'm like, mm, you know, Colin Morikawa's in the field. He just got married. Like, is this part of his honeymoon? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, he's got married on Saturday. Like, I don't know what's going on here. So that that it makes me a little leery when I pick this event. So, anyways, Tom Kim. $6,500. Then I go up to Sugar Shane Lowry at $7,000. Mm. I, I think this guy just doesn't really care. He's just going to show up and have fun and play. And if it gets a little breezy, he doesn't care. He's just going to play no matter what and have fun with it and have some my ties after the round and then get back after it the next day. So <laughs> Then I go 7300 Tommy Fleetwood. I'm expecting big things from Tommy Fleetwood in 2023 he's going to get a win on the pga tour i'm going to predict it right now and he's been playing great played well uh, in dubai um, won the ned bank a few weeks ago so i like tommy fleetwood at 7300 then i go up to maybe one of the steals matthew fitzpatrick 8300 like another guy who takes every round of golf serious so when some other guys might not, this guy is going to take this event serious and try his ass off. So that's why I like him, and he's been playing well. So, um, an eighty-three hundred dollars was a great, great value buy. Then I go up to two high-dollar boys, JT, ten thousand two hundred. I know he's been grinding his ass off because he's got that match coming up, and even though that's a silly season event, he wants to beat Tiger's ass. So I guarantee you. He's been working and grinding on his game the last couple of weeks, even though he hasn't been playing on tour. Uh, so I like him at 10200 He wants to win this. It's Tiger's event. That's going to spur him on. But then I have your winner, 10700 John Rahm. Just going to keep it going. I think he's got that fire in him competitive. He never lets down, never backs down in this exhibition event. And um, again, it's just another another little little you know, notch on the belt before he really gets going in 2023. Nice. Oh, well, we don't have the exact same lineup. We did for quite some time. I switched it before we got on the pod and we had everything the same except for a one or one guy really. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, no, that I mean, that obviously is only what twenty guys in the field. Not even it was eighteen guys or whatever it is. So yes, at the bottom, uh, Tom Kim, sixty five hundred bucks. This guy's just been playing great for that for that price. I think he is he's ultra motivated to play well in this event because it's first time there. Like he this is he wants to play well. He's not married, doesn't have any kids. It's not a vacation for him. He's he's there to win a golf tournament, and it would not surprise me if he finished in the top five. Um, at all at that price. Um, and then I, I jump up and I, I had, that's funny that you had these two guys at the same price. Um, you know, you had, uh, sugar Shane Lowry at 7,000. I went back and forth between Shane and then Colin Morikawa. I know Colin was just, just recently married. I think it's a stress free, stress, stress free week. Um, but also he's played well in this event in the past. Um, so I think he just plays well by default. Do I think he wins? Probably not, but I do think he, he has a potential to get and finish in the top five as well. Um, uh, then I jump up to Matthew Fitzpatrick for the same reasons you mentioned earlier, 8,300 bucks. This guy just, he wants to play well at every event. It doesn't matter what it is, where it is for the similar reasons that we talked about. There's no family there. Like he's there to win. Like I want to win as many golf tournaments as I can. I love that motivation at this time of the year. Um, so I think he definitely plays well. And I'm, I'm, I will say, Mike, we should, we should, I can't say this on, on air because if it's, if it's documented, then DraftKings will, will somehow come back, but we should put some of our lineups into the, the big millionaire maker here. And I, I think we should, I think we've got, we're on the right track here. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. We'll, we'll um, save the collusion for off the air. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, Fitzpatrick, 8,300 bucks. Yeah, like he's going to play well. He will yeah. play well. Um, and then I've got Victor Hoblin um, at 8,700 bucks. I thought about him. You know, obviously he's played well here. Um, and he's a, he's a great win player, like kind of a low penetrating ball flight. And it's almost like, it's almost automatic that this guy plays well when it's windy. Like he just knows how to do it. Like it's just, he drives the ball so well. He's such a good iron player. Obviously we worry about chipping, but here it's like a lot of runoffs and there's bunkers like, and he is you can putt from off the green a lot. here. You can putt from off the green. He's a good bunker player. I say good. I mean, he's a decent bunker player because that's a little bit different type of, uh, of, of, of stroke rather than a, a chipping motion. Um, so I, 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 you know, I, it would not surprise him if he wins. Um, and then, um, and then I, then I go into my heavy hitters, Tony Finau playing great, 9,300 bucks. I mean, he's just been playing great. And I, I honestly think he's kind of at that stage where he's like, you know what? I can win every event. You know, I think he's starting to get that confidence and really believing in his talent. Um, and I think the really the only thing that's held him back in, in years past is is obviously the the short game issues. And if he gets confident with his putter, I mean he drives it as well as anybody. He's such a great he's a great ball striker. Like why why would you not contend every week? You know. And then the thing uh, that scares me though about this week is he's probably got the whole family there. He's got he's got like fifteen kids, like you said. He's but the he wife's the wife's probably dragging him to the beach in the afternoon. He's got to log all the things because he's eight hundred feet tall. He's got well, to clean that's up all good. the toys. You know, that's like, good for Tony. That's good for Tony. Tony needs 
he needs the pressure off. Like when he has his family around him, he plays well. Like when he can digress and like go play golf and spend time with the family, he takes a, a step back from all the pressure of, you know, especially after coming off such a you know hot end of the season, like that's great for him. Now he can just go freewheel it. Like I can just see him now though. He's got, he's got chairs over one arm. He's got toys <laughs> over the other arm. He's yelling at his kids like, Hey, this cooler's not going to carry itself. Like, you know, it could be a lot for him. Tony's probably going to win. I'm just going to say that. Um, and I think, you know, my second place finisher after Tony wins is Justin Thomas. I think he's, I think Justin Thomas is going to put so much pressure on himself to play well that he doesn't win, but he certainly is going to play well. Um, just because I know he's played this course so many damn times with Tiger and they played it a bunch. He knows how to play it and he's going to play well. Um, I've got six players in my lineup and I think all of them finish in the top seven or eight. I think um, I finish in the top 20, but I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Maybe it'd be a good, that's, that'd be tough. Uh, but all right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. It's, it's always fun to watch big boys uh, all play together. And it's a fun course to watch too. Mm-hmm. It makes me, makes me feel better as it's, you know, I wake up in the morning and defrost my car. So yeah, got some palm trees and sandy oceans and, Blue water sounds good. I'd love to go there. I'd love to get a little sunburn in the Bahamas. <laughs> no tan lines. No tan lines. No, no. All right. On that note, we thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I think we'll be back. I think we're going to kind of roughly be back on a on a somewhat normal schedule here. I know we got some holidays coming up, so we'll see how all that that plays we definitely got travel a- and stuff, but. We got a couple more podcasts for the end of the year for sure. And then podcasts for the end of the year. And then we'll really throttle down, pedal to the metal come January for the ele- all these elevated events we're gonna happen in twenty twenty three. So Let's get pumped to, up. To our listeners, thank you as always for listening and downloading and subscribing and leaving a review and liking us five stars and telling all your friends. We do appreciate it and we hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, cheers. Later. Later.